folding pocket. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now. Hello, welcome to The Fast and the Curious with me, Betty Glover, Christian Hugill and Greg James. It's how this podcast always usually starts because Betty always starts the podcast. There's a problem with that format when Betty isn't here. Producer Jimmy, hello. Hey, Christian. Is this ideally how you would like the podcast as its producer, just me? Is this, do, do you find that Betty and Greg get in the way? Because I do. Getting in the way is, is an interesting phrase. I like to see it more as intercepting, deflecting, when the F1 rabbit holes get a bit too deep. Fine. So how, therefore, are you feeling about an episode with just me? <laughs> Does that make you apprehensive? Nervous. I mean, we have got Alex Albon waiting in the wings. Uh, it would be nice to maybe have someone else as well, just so this doesn't turn into the, the Hugel Chronicles. The Hugel Chronicles is a great name for a podcast. If I ever launch a podcast, that's... Um, Jimmy, would you like to produce the Hugel Chronicles? Absolutely not. No, that sounds like <laughs> your um, that sounds like your memoirs. Okay, fine. That's quite rude. Yeah, no, no Betty this week. She's driven her Skoda Fabia off to be a sports reporter somewhere. No Greg, who I think he's probably doing something cricket-based with it being Ashes Week. I'm here, and an actual Formula One driver, as Jimmy's just mentioned, Alex Albon, will be here in a matter of minutes. So that's good. And also, anyone listening a few weeks ago when I was on holiday and Greg was at Harry Styles will know, we've started to recruit our listeners as reserve drivers. Uh, So welcome, listener Nick. Hello, reserve driver Nick. Hello, everyone. Very good to be here. Now, Nick, there is something unusual about you compared to the rest of us on this podcast, isn't there? In that you are, in fact, American. That is true. I am American. I am uh, dialing in today from Washington, D.C. Oh, you could be like our politics correspondent. We could get... the latest on Joe Biden's latest fall. Yeah, you certainly could. I'm I'm down the street from Joe's house and uh, often wander by to see if he's free to hang out and maybe get an ice cream. But it's never never free, never available to hang. No. Yeah, unfortunately. No, he'll be napping. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> that's right. Have you ever spoken to an F1 driver before? I have not. I've shouted at plenty of them as they drive past it at <laughs> high speeds. Uh, but that's about as close as I've gotten. Uh, well, just a... Just a bit of a briefing, Nick. When we do have Alex Albon on, please don't shout at him. Fair enough. The context of venue will help me out here. I, I know I know better than to shout in this in this context. Typically, they're speeding by at hundreds of miles per hour. Yeah, casual chat is more what we're going for here than abuse. Fair enough. Thanks. Yeah, so in the context of being at the track, because you were at the Canadian Grand Prix, weren't you? I was, yes. Did you see Anne, our other listener, who, our other listener, like we've got two, uh, uh, one of our other listeners who was there at the Canadian Grand Prix? No, I did not see Anne at the Grand Prix. However, oh. I'm uh, everybody that I interacted with that I knew was there on Twitter or when listening to Anne also on the podcast were all at the hairpin. I don't think anybody else that I knew was seated anywhere else along the track. We were all at the hairpin. <laughs> But I hadn't fully appreciated how tricky it is being an F1 fan in the US. We're recording this. It is quarter to 12 a.m. UK time here. So just before midday. 
which means what time is it for you, Nick? Right now it is 6.45 a.m. And this isn't unusual for you to do F1-based stuff, right? It's not. I mean, being an F1 fan in the U.S. often means setting very early alarms for things, uh, particularly if it's, you know, even further east than uh, than the U.K. Or, or anywhere there. Like, sometimes there are Grand Prix that start. I used to live in Dallas, Texas, so then it's an hour earlier than Washington time. Um, and no matter what, like, setting an early alarm is a is a common trait of being an f1 fan in america so you would wake up at five o'clock in the morning for practice you've done that i i I have once or twice um i i specifically uh will wake up early for qualifying sessions and of course for the race because i cannot stand to be one second behind for either of those things particularly knowing that like my first habit when i wake up is to open twitter anyway and if i do i'll spoil it for myself um but there have also been weekends where it actually just makes more sense to stay up late if the Grand Prix is at our time, you know, local 1 or 2 a.m., then just make it a late night and go to bed at 4. There were so many people listening on have been through that with uh, trying to hide away from race results when you've not seen it. It's horrendous. Well, Nick, you're most welcome. Coming up, exclusive McLaren news. Might have something for you to do in that, Nick, as well, but I'll save that for later. We'll, of course, preview this weekend's Austrian Grand Prix. But first... We should speak to Alex Albon, who any minute now will join this Zoom call. Excited to speak to a Formula One driver? Oh, and extremely excited. So stand by, everyone, and welcome back to The Fast and the Curious. Alex Albon, hello. Thank you very much. Thank you. I took a break from the podcast. I haven't been been here for a while i don't know how regular your podcast is if if i'm totally honest no it's 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 weekly and you were last on in miami which wasn't that long ago so you're fine your attendance is good don't worry good speaking of attendance alex greg and betty are part-timers so they're not here today so um can i introduce you to nick our one of our reserve drivers one of our listeners nick alex alex nick Hello, Nate. Alex, huge fan. Great to meet you and super excited to be with you today. Alex, Nick shouted at you in Canada. He did. I did. I was seated at the hairpin and probably for a good 12 laps, I was just screaming, go. Yeah, go, Alex, go at the very top of my lungs. I'm sure you couldn't hear, but uh, we had a whole grandstand full of people cheering you on. It was very exciting to see. Thank you. Thank you. The reason you're back on the podcast, Alex, is because you absolutely smashed Canada. P7. Massive result. How did you do it? You must have been buzzing. It was great. It was super great. It was a um, a weekend where, if I'm honest, there was a bit of pressure on the table because there was such a big effort from everyone, from the factory, um, from the race team to get all this stuff ready. We, we had an upgrade for the weekend. We had a floor, some side pods, the rear wing. So it was this this quite a big upgrade, which was never meant to be ready for Canada. It was supposed to be ready for, for, for Austria. Everything got fast-tracked. We pushed like crazy. Um, and so there was a bit of an expectation. You know, everyone put so much work into the weekend that you, you kind of want to pay them back in, in some ways. And it just made the weekend even sweeter. So it was a it was an amazing weekend. And um, as you said, you know, points for us, Constructors' Championships, Constructor prize money is a huge thing for us. And um, to be able to leapfrog... Alpha Tori and now we're nipping on the hills of Alpha Romeo and Haas. That's that's exactly where we need to be. So so super happy. So obviously when you've been at Red Bull before, battling for podiums, you get a buzz getting on a podium, but then the adjustment of actually getting points, feeling like a, a win when you were at Williams. Bear in mind P seven, that must have felt like a win. That must have felt huge. Yeah, it did. Um I think you can hear that 
tension and emotion when I cross the line. It's as you said, there's a whole different perception and shift of what success is when you when you know when you come from Red Bull and then and come into Williams and um, it's no secret that points are a huge focus for us, a huge achievement, and it is strange because of course it's not a win as such. You know there is no podium to celebrate it, but you know when we when I see the team afterwards and and the feeling in the team, it is like a win. So it so it's it's quite strange. Were there party celebrations afterwards? That's the big question. There was not. So I had my girlfriend with me and. In a good way, in a bad way, Montreal is super, super busy. The city itself was fans. There's hundreds of people waiting outside of our hotel every day, morning and night. It's easier to take it slow. So um, Lily and I, we, we went for some Portuguese food around the corner, went through the car park garage out the back and then uh, just snuck through. And uh, yeah, that, that was literally my, my evening. So it was a nice mellow calm one um and actually most of the team flew back on the sunday right nick's gonna ask you a question in a second but uh, but i've got to prioritize team principal greg's question otherwise i get told off greg wants to know what it's like dealing with the pressure of having a train of cars behind you because like you were kind of like best of the rest and you had all these people behind you and your race engineer said on the radio we need proper alex defending here what's that like yeah it's um it's not fun i i, I can only imagine um you know, you, you can kind of imagine the, the Jaws music. That's, that's the emotion in, in some respects. But on the other side of things, it's what we're born to do. It's, it, pressure is, is what we live for. So um, it's not that you don't enjoy being in them positions, but you see it as a challenge and you think, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep these cars behind me. Um, I've been in them positions many times, especially at Williams, because that's the that's the way we do things. That that's the, That's the optimal strategy for us is to put ourselves in good track position and then defend from there. We know we've got a car that's quick on the straights, so it's easier to defend, easier to defend than, than let's say, if I was in a, a draggier car. And that's it. It's all about clean driving, not making mistakes. So when the cars catch up to you, initially you think, okay, you know, here we go. And they were catching me up quickly, so it was a little bit like, it's going to be a tough one. But actually, as as the race goes on, and, you know, after the first two or three laps there behind you, they haven't been able to overtake you yet. You start to go, OK, I can do this. I was quite lucky, actually. Lando was coming back, coming through that pack behind. Um, and then at the last couple of laps, he was started to annoy Esteban, who was dire- directly behind me. And so I could um, not put my feet up. But no, don't do that. For health and safety reasons, don't do that. Thanks, thanks, Christian, for the advice. Yes, no problem. No, no, it's fine. That's no, no, absolutely no problem at all. Right, final question, Nick. All yours. Not the same volume as from the hairpin, um, but so uh, James Val's new team principal at Williams. It feels like every time I read a news article where he's chatting about the team, he's saying, "Oh, we found this area for efficiency and this area for dynamic change," and that's really exciting as a fan, especially of the Williams team. Do you feel that same level of excitement as a driver? Do you feel like James is, is sort of showing up? And, and and truly finding places where the team can make leaps and bounds ahead. Yes, it's um, it's really interesting to pick his brains to see what he sees in the team. That I know there are things that we do at Williams that are great, and I know there are areas that we need to improve. And I know there's a t- time scale to all of that. So I do speak to James very regularly about what areas can I help you with, what areas can I give feedback on or motivate. There's a long journey ahead. And, and in some ways, of course, as a driver, you just want that instant success. You, you want to see the results coming in as, as quickly as possible. 
example, Canada, you know, it's great to have that, that feeling of motivation, that, that success in that sense. But realistically, it's going to take a long time. I'd love it to be two years, but, but for it, you know, to be a true top team like, like these top four teams nowadays, it's going to take a little bit longer. So, you know, I fully trust in James and I think he's very switched on. I think you see it already. We're, we're on an upwards journey. Basically, the way the way I see it is um, the long-term changes are the only time we're going to make these big, big steps forwards, whereas the short-term stuff is only going to bring us little bits of lap time. You know, we, we've got to plan things quite long-term to, to really get into that top scoring podiums, let's say. But it's all fun and games. We'll see you at Silverstone next weekend, Alex. Well done on last weekend. Awesome to talk to you. See you later. Thanks, Alex. And Alex Albon has left the chat. There is a lot to debrief here, Nick. Um, now Alex has gone. I'd like to get your initial reaction to speaking to Alex Albon for the first time, Nick. Incredible feeling. Like that was, uh, first of all, a bit nervous. I'll admit, I'm not too proud to say that. Um, but just like, really exciting. Like so, so cool to be able to engage and interact with, you know, a driver in a sport that I love so much. It was uh really fun. And what did you make of Alex? As expected, uh, truly a gem of a person. He's he's so wonderful and uh, and as you see on TV, he is in person to chat with, so. Oh, he's the loveliest man and we love having Alex on the podcast. We love Team Williams, so thanks to Williams, thanks to Alex. Uh, and yeah, massive massive results in Canada, P7 and uh, they've got a- another couple of big races with Austria this weekend and Silverstone and at Silverstone, Logan Sargent will get those upgrades that Alex mentioned for the car, so we hope to get Logan up in the points as well at Silverstone, so yeah we wish Team Williams the best for this weekend at Austria So Christian, quite a few questions coming in for the podcast this week, but uh, certainly the biggest among them, actually quite a few people sent this question in, is related to the Hollywood takeover at Alpine. So what do you think of the takeover and uh, will it actually mean any changes for the sport? Uh, Will it stay kind of how it is? Uh, And do you think we'll see Deadpool behind the wheel before too long? Yeah, and that question came from Curtis, Charlotte, and their daughters, Jessica, who is two, and Tegan, who is three weeks old, get them started on F1 Podcast Young. That is what we like. That's also coincidentally the age Max Verstappen was when he made his Grand Prix debut. Three weeks old. Anyway, uh, I, I like this takeover. I think it's fun. I think, why not? Do you know what I mean? F1's riding this wave of popularity because of Drive to Survive, because of the 2021 season. And Ryan Reynolds having a stake in an F1 team. I like that Hollywood's taking over. Obviously, it's the same guys that took over a part of Wrexham Football Club. I don't think they're going to be able to do what they did and, and pump money in and get Wrexham promoted because obviously there's the cost cap in Formula 1 and it's it's way more difficult than that. But F1's riding this wave of popularity. Why shouldn't we have Hollywood investors? It's good for the profile of the sport. What harm can it do? I've seen a few people being cynical and grumpy about it, but... Oh, why not? It's a bit of fun. And obviously, Nick, you've got the American perspective. Has it gone down? We know that F1's popularity in America is increasing. Has this helped? Yeah, I think certainly like just the news headlines alone, right? That uh, Deadpool himself, right, is investing in Formula One has uh, been a bit of exciting news. You know, certainly nobody knows exactly what that might turn into for Alpine and what that might mean for the team. But certainly just excited to see that, you know, big names in pop culture in the U.S. are paying more attention to the sport as it continue to gr- as it continues to grow in the States. Um, so, yeah, it's been very exciting um, on that same 
notes, I, I think our listeners sent a second half to their question. And um, many folks read the headlines being Ryan Reynolds uh, investing, um, but Michael B. Jordan, also part of that investment group. Um, and so more than one superhero getting involved. Um, so the second half of the question is, should there be a race each season where drivers have to dress as their favorite fictional hero for a race? Perhaps Spider-Man, Batman, Deadpool, the likes. I mean, there should. Maybe Vegas? I don't know. Where would you do this? Where's a superhero? It's got to be somewhere exciting. It can't, it can't be Austria. Superheroes aren't from Austria, are they? With the greatest of respect to the Austrian people. Yeah, I think if you're going to pick a US-based race to do it, Las Vegas makes the most sense, right? It's often called the entertainment capital of the world. So yeah, okay. if we're not racing down Hollywood Boulevard, and Las Vegas is probably about as close as we're going to get. I would like to see Lewis Hamilton dressed as Spider-Man at the Vegas Grand Prix. I'd quite like to see Lewis Hamilton dressed as Spider-Man anyway. He'd rock that Lycra suit, wouldn't he? We've all seen his Insta. Yeah, that's very true. I think if I was doing the casting for for this particular F1 race, um, Spider-Man probably would fall to Lando Norris for me. And I feel like... Uh, yes. Yes, for sure. And I feel like knowing that Lewis was such a huge fan of Chadwick Boseman, like putting him in the Black Panther role would work very well also. Yeah, okay. You're good at this. What's a superhero known for being tall? It's a good question. I don't know if it's part of their trait, but I know that Doctor Strange just in general is tall because Benedict Cumberbatch is tall. Doctor Strange? Well, I'm... Th- I'm thinking for George Russell. Yeah. At Fast Curious Pod on Instagram and on TikTok, please. And Fast and Curious at ACAST.com. Which superheroes are we casting as F1 drivers? F1 drivers as superheroes. I, I like this. And this will take up more of my thought process than it should. We're going to talk about the Austrian Grand Prix in a minute, Nick. And I became very consciously aware in the last week of us as race fans talking about racing drivers. We just spoke to Alex Albon. We say what a good job they do. Nick, I remembered something this week. Racing is really difficult. Have you ever raced anything, Nick? Have you ever driven fast? I have driven fast. Uh, Maybe I should admit this, but of course on the highway um, in my own car. But I've also done some karting, not a ton and and never competitively, all just as as good fun, you know, a birthday outing to the karting track. Um, But I am the most competitive of all of my friends. Like if I'm not winning, that's a bad day out. (laughs) Right. You mentioned karting. I raced a kart last weekend for the first time in 13 years so i went to the motormouth charity karting event here in the uk a place called wilton mill in northamptonshire which is where i used to race so i went back on the track i used to race for the first time in 13 years motormouth's a great podcast they do all sorts of motorsport bits and they put on a big charity event to raise money for two charities for november which focuses on mental health and suicide prevention uh, and prostate cancer and testicular cancer amongst men and the brain tumor charity so we were raising money for a good cause i had three racing drivers with me and all of a sudden nick i'm in this situation where they're saying to me like okay christian you can take more curb into turn one forget how difficult this is it's much easier talking on a podcast we forget just how bloody talented these people are the team around me said if i could get into the one minute two seconds i'd be doing well by the end of it i was doing low one minute one second christian as the American on the podcast, I can probably, with a degree of certainty, say that I don't think Joe Biden's ever done a low one-minute one, so you at least are better than the U.S. president at karting. 
that's worth anything to you. I'm better than the US president at karting. I'll take that. That's a good line to have. Thank you to the Motormouth guys for having me. Um, go to their Twitter page at Motormouth underscore to donate to, donate to the brilliant charities uh, that we just mentioned. And I'm on this week's Motormouth podcast talking about the Fast and the Curious podcast. So if you'd like to hear a little bit about how the podcast came about, go and listen to them. They've told people to go and listen to us. And apparently that's how podcasts work, Jimmy. You go on each other's podcasts and talk about podcasts on a podcast. It's getting a bit Inception. Shall we move on? Moving on. Austria. <laughs> Austria, it is a sprint weekend. So this is a reminder. Qualifying is Friday afternoon. That sets the grid for Sunday's race. It's always a bit confusing, isn't it? You have qualifying on Friday. Yeah, that's happened. Good. Forget that. Moving on. Then the sprint qualifying on Saturday. F1 like to call it the sprint shootout before the sprint race later on Saturday where they're getting for points. Nick, do you like a sprint race? I do actually really enjoy a sprint race. I'm excited that they're a part of F1. Um, I don't know that it would, you know, it, maybe their goal is to make every single weekend the same format sometime in the future. I like that they're just sort of sprinkled in. You look at the calendar and realize, oh yeah, it's a sprint weekend. So there's like twice the excitement. So that's how I feel. But I don't want a sprint race every weekend. I have to leave the house. I just feel like it would be a lot. Few of them is nice. 23 of them in a year. And I, yeah, I might become a hermit and lose all of my friends. I don't know. Yeah, this is a problem. Obviously, it's a challenge because there's less practice time for the drivers. They go sort of straight into it. It's much more of a challenge. Nick, I've come up with a new feature. Uh, I'm quite proud of it. Uh, And I think Jimmy will like it as well predictions oh i like that uh, that uh, that's that that ring is perfect for me there you go jimmy you didn't look as enthusiastic as nick which is becoming a theme of this episode uh, yeah the the enthusiasm is there christian i i've been here since the start of the series though nick that's what you have to appreciate <laughs> so if you think about the amount of gags puns that don't make it onto the podcast <laughs> that's where that eye roll came from well i'm going with it because you haven't got any other presenters this week uh, predictions please nick uh, your predictions for the austria grand prix so as i look at the weather page for austria there's rain about uh, that could come into play over the weekend particularly on saturday during that sprint race so could certainly be, be a bit of a mixed bag but as always i must predict that lewis hamilton will win the race um, because my soul needs that to happen sometime in the near future to even carry on um <laughs> your soul needs it but i will say and i don't want to maybe i'm jinxing myself a bit here um i got out of bed one morning before a grand prix and i said please let today be some kind of good results so that i can feel better about f1 and mercedes got a double podium so maybe i just need to put that mantra in concrete get out of bed every race weekend and have that same sort of like morning meditation of how the mercedes folks will do um but my prediction is lewis hamilton wins the race um and if i can have my way then lando norris is on the podium as well that's a tall order maybe for the mclaren boys um but fingers crossed as always i would like that i would like a lewis win so that okay good prediction and in terms from, from a new feature to a firm favorite feature of the podcast which is mclaren news we have some mclaren news now previously we've given the mclaren news jingle to one of our listeners children but i feel as a rite of passage for a guest driver nick that really this week the McLaren news jingle should be should be sung by you, and I'm already impressed because Nick's just got taken a sip of what looks like coffee to to fully prepare the vocal cords. So Nick, are you up for singing the McLaren news jingle? I will give it my absolute best. Okay, big moments, ladies and gentlemen. Nick, McLaren news. 
Let me do that one more time. There was a bit of a crack in oh, there. Oh, you're gonna go. You want to go again? Okay, no, it's fine. You can go again. It's fine. It'll probably stay in the edit, but go on, go again. Uh, that's fine. I know how this works. <laughs> McLaren news. See, that second take was worth it. I needed one more, one more outlap. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well done. Yeah, you've done very well there. Um. So some exclusive McLaren news from our spy in the camp of McLaren that there should be very visible bodywork changes for Austria which they're hoping will bring a few tents. So this is a big weekend for McLaren. They do have upgrades. And as I say, the eagle-eyed amongst you should be able to see those differences uh, on track. And there is a positive feeling within the team going into Austria. So a big weekend for McLaren with some upgrades. They would like those upgrades to turn into points. So when you're manifesting a good thing for a good result for Mercedes, Nick, Give a bit of positive vibes to McLaren as well, because we love Team McLaren on the Fast and the Curious. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge McLaren fan. Um, my merch is probably split pretty evenly down the Mercedes-McLaren line uh, with a few sprinkles in of other drivers here and there. But uh, I want nothing but nothing for the best, nothing but the best, excuse me, for uh, the boys in Papaya. Just as much as my soul needs a Lewis Hamilton win, I need to see Lando stand on the podium again. Excellent, Nick. If that happens, you, we've got. If you if your prediction comes true, you're coming back on next week, and that that that's that's the thing. Uh, well, this has been lovely, Nick. How has your first experience of reserve driving the podcast been? I'm loving it. This is wonderful to join this uh, this team and to to be able to join the podcast. It's been great fun. There's nothing I love more than talking about Formula One. So this is I could do this all day. So we'll be back next week to review the Austrian Grand Prix. We're obviously, we've already said we're going to be at Silverstone and we have got loads of surprises up our sleeve for Silverstone weekend, whether you're going to be at the race or not. We've got loads to entertain you there. If you want to send us messages, thoughts, at Fast Curious Pod on Insta and TikTok, you can email us fastandcurious at acast.com. Keep your questions coming in. Nick, thank you. Been lovely having you. Christian, Jimmy, thank you so much. And thanks for uh, the Fast and Curious audience for having me. Great to be here. Our pleasure. Joining Gemma amongst our reserve drivers. Lovely. Uh, Me, Betty and Greg will be back next week. Enjoy the Austrian Grand Prix. Bye for now. (laughs) 